Hello, and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Uh, Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan, and is led by Pastor Daniel White. Uh, Today we're going to be joining Pastor White as he continues his series on the family. So let's get out our Bibles and get ready to join Pastor White as he teaches us about God's plan for home and the family. All right, take your Bible with me and turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, pick up with verse 18, the Christmas story. Say, what in the world does that have to do with engagement? Well, we were talking in here for several weeks on how to provide protection for your sons and daughters. And I want to state this again. Never has there been a day and age where it's been more difficult to provide the protection that our children need than it is today. We think of all the social media drama that's out there. You think of the entertainment world that's out there. You think of the immorality that's just rampant everywhere. Very, very difficult to give the protection to your sons and daughters that they need because they need to cooperate with you as well, right? You need the cooperation of your sons and daughters. One thing we found in raising 10 kids, if they want to get around the rules, they can get around the rules. And so, young people that are here tonight, there's not many of you, but I I just exhort you once again to get under your parents' authority and the protection that God offers you through them. Well, you may be here tonight and say, oh, here's another one of those messages that don't apply to me. Don't be surprised. All right? There's a lot that we're going to look here as far as biblical principles, that whether you're in that period of time of engagement or whether you're looking forward to being engaged someday or whether you have children that you want to disciple in this area, there's just a whole lot of good truth that we're going to be looking at tonight. Some things that probably some of you have never, ever heard before as it applies to biblical engagement. So let's begin here with verse 18 of of Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when his mother Mary was, what's the word? Espoused. You may see in some of your Bibles a little notation there, which means that word means betrothed. When she was espoused or betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So obviously the uh, marriage had not been uh, consummated. They're in the betrothal period. And we'll look at that tonight. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee thy Mary thy wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So they were betrothed, but were not married as of yet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you, you bless the the preaching and teaching of your word tonight. Take the principles of Scripture and apply them to each and every life here this evening and to those that are listening to us on live stream. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to come down there and join you here tonight. Before we talk about engagement or betrothal, I want to give just a couple words of advice to those who are here tonight who are single. We are actually going to, in the next few weeks coming up, we're going to spend one whole evening just talking about being single. 
So we talked about protecting our sons and daughters. We then talked about courtship. Now we're going to talk about engagement. Then we're going to look at, after we're done with looking at engagement, we're going to look at God's design for marriage and returning back to God's original design. And then we're going to look at uh, single life. How are you supposed to live during your single years? Now the Bible gives us some amazing insight into where our focus, young people, needs to be while we are single. And so we need to understand what God's purpose for singleness is. Listen to these scriptures as I work through them. But I would have you without carefulness. To, uh, carefulness means to be uh, with, with, without feeling weighted down with care. Have you ever found someone that's in those marital years and they're just weighted down? Like, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to find the right one. No one's ever going to come my way. How is anyone ever going to find me? I, I, I think a lot of young people get into that period of time when they wonder, am I ever going to find a life's partner? What does God's word say? Don't be full of care about this. Don't be anxious about this. All right? So a lot of young men, a lot of young ladies especially, get anxious about this. I would have you without carefulness or anxiety. He that is unmarried, this is where our focus needs to be, young people. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he or she may what? I can't hear you. What? Please the Lord. So what should the focus of a single person be? To please the Lord. To find those opportunities to serve the Lord. To put their focus there. Not necessarily looking for a life's partner, but looking to see how can I more effectively serve the Lord in my single years. Now, the passage goes on. It says that the unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord that she may be, and I highlighted this, that she may be what? Holy. That she may be a holy young lady. Now, does this apply to young men as well? Well, obviously. But she'd be a holy young lady. That she would be holy in her body. The Bible said that we should know how to possess our bodies in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence as the Gentiles, the unbelievers who know not God. So listen, young ladies, you need to know how to possess your body, your vessel, in a holy manner. Would that involve the way that you conduct yourselves around young men? Would that involve the way you dress? Yes. Would that involve your attitudes? Of course, that you would be holy in body. And then it says that you would also be holy in your spirit or in your attitude. So you'd, you'd have a, a holy body and you'd have a holy attitude as well. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please who? Her husband. What is the goal of every wife? To please her husband. That's what your focus needs to be. So ladies who are here tonight that you're married, your focus, your purpose in life is to please your husband. For in so doing, who are you pleasing? You're pleasing the Lord. You're fulfilling the role that God has for you. And then he goes on here. And this I speak for your own profit. 
So is it good for a married woman to please her husband? It's profitable for her to do that. Is it good for a single young lady to possess her body in a holy way and to have holy attitudes? Yes, it's profitable for her. The reason we don't do things is because we don't see those things as profitable. We're listening to the world. And this I speak for your own profit. Not that I may cast a snare upon you. He's not trying to choke you to death. He's not trying to take away all your rights. And Now I can't do what I want to do and live the way I want to live. Listen, the Bible's not snaring you. The Bible is liberating you. It's liberating to live according to God's principles. It's for your profit. See, here's what we need to do. We need to cast down all those lies that we hear every day and all those lies that we see people living out every day, and we need to get focused on the Word of God. What does the Bible say? And this is why I am always and forever emphasizing the commandments. Solomon nailed it. Fear God. Keep his commandments. It's the whole duty of man, for God will bring every work into judgment and every secret thing, whether it be good or bad. You want to live right to your own profit? Obey God. Disobey God? You will not benefit from that. So we've got to reject Satan's lies. This I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely. The word comely means attractive and pleasant. That's the kind of life that God wants you to have. He said, and that ye may attend upon the Lord, now watch this, without what? Distraction. Distraction. Now, is a woman who's married, is she somewhat distracted from serving the Lord? She is. She's got a lot of things to take care of. Got to take care of the husband, got to take care of the kids, got to take care of the house. As she gets a little older, got to take care of the grandkids. I want to tell you something. I'm glad God made me a man. Hallelujah. Women, you got your work cut out for you. But I want to tell you, the, the greatest profit and benefit is for you, listen, for you to embrace what God has called you to be. He's called you to be a wife. He's called you to be a mother. You embrace that. You, if you're single here, serve the Lord without those distractions. Best advice for singles, get focused. Does Satan doing everything he can do to blur our focus? Boy, the world's done a good job at blurring our focus. Get focused. Get focused on the word of God and walking in obedience. Look up. The Bible said looking unto Jesus. Get focused. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our what? Start living out your faith. Get focused on your faith. Start living what you say you believe. While we look not upon the things which are seen, we can't live our life that way, but on the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are what? Temporal, temporary. The things which are not seen, that's where our focus needs to be, are what? Are eternal. So let's get our focus right as singles. Another thing that singles need to learn is to be content. To be content. 
I'm not saying that this is easy. It's not. But this is something that you need to learn. What is contentment? Contentment is realizing that God has provided everything I need for my present happiness. Now, do you believe that? How many believe that statement? How many of you have always lived out that statement? I don't have to go looking somewhere else. I don't have to go looking for this new thing or that new thing or, or this new relationship. God has given me what? Church, come on. God has given me what? Everything that I need for my present happiness. Contentment is training ourselves. Remember what Paul said? I have learned to be content. Is training ourselves to be happy with a minimal material possessions so that we can be free to focus on Christ. All the things of this world can weight us down, right? Have you ever seen young people, instead of focusing upon Christ, they're old enough now, they got a job, and now they got a job, they got some money coming in, it burns a hole in their pocket. And you look at me and go, why do you keep making these stupid, foolish financial decisions? Listen, happiness is not going to be found by spending money. Focus on the Lord. So what about material possessions? I'm going to tell you this. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I'll tell you what God will do. He'll just add all these things unto you. I'm dead serious about that. To where you get to my age, you go, where did all this stuff come from? My goodness. Contentment is accepting my singleness as the calling of God and giving myself and my energies to the advancement of the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. Seek ye first. While I am single, I am going to give my full energies to serving the Lord to the very best of my ability. And can I tell you something? Do you think God is ever going to let a young person down that has that kind of heart? We'll talk more about singleness in weeks coming up here. What a wonderful, I think this is my wife's life's verse. Matter of fact, I know it is my wife's life's verse. Number three is responding to the desire for companionship. How many of you here desire companionship? Is there anything wrong with desiring companionship? How many say no, there's nothing wrong with desiring companionship? Okay. How many would say there could be something wrong with desiring companionship? Well, there's very few hands there. Okay. Let's see what the Bible says. Aren't you glad we're not left up to our own opinions? Because some of you right now have a wrong opinion. See what the Bible says. When you experience a feeling of discontentment, I, I need companionship. You're discontent. Now, if I ask you this question, 
does God ever want us to be in a state of discontentment? No, we just talked about being content. All right? So if you're experiencing feelings of discontentment and loneliness, right, you're discontent, you're lonely, as a result of a deepening desire for companionship, I want companionship. All right, I don't mean to be mean on this next, really. Really, some of you think I like being mean. I do not like being mean, okay? But this almost sounds mean because almost all of you raised your hand and said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with companionship. It's right, it's good. Probably some of you are thinking God puts that in our hearts to want companionship. I want you to consider this next point. This state of discontentment, this state of loneliness and just longing for relationship, longing for companionship, I believe that this is an indication that you're, desi- you're allowing the desires of the flesh to take over and dominate your life. I want you to, I want to stop and stew on that for just a minute. You're allowing the desires of the flesh to dominate your life. What does the flesh desire? Companionship. All right, now let's go to this next point. Again, it's okay for you to disagree with me. That's fine. You've been wrong before, and you'll be wrong in the future. It's all right. But this is what I believe. You must come to the place in your life where you enjoy not necessarily the companionship of someone else, but you enjoy that ever-present fellowship with God's Spirit more than human companionship. Do you see what I'm saying there? God, here's the truth. God is everything we need. How many have heard that song, He's all I need? He is everything we need. All right. So, here's my next point. If you're not content with the Lord as a single person, you will not be content with another person in marriage. Again, stop and think about this. So many young people think, if I just, if I just had a companion, if I could just get married, then I will be happy. Hello. With over fifth, well over 50% of all marriages ending in divorce, that ain't true. And how many people are in a marriage in which they're, they're committed to the marriage, but they're unhappy? So don't believe that lie. If I just, if I was just married, then I'd finally be happy. No. Our happiness is found in Jesus. Our happiness is found in the Lord. And until you find it there, you're not going to find it in any other relationship. Jump from one relationship to another, to another, to another. Listen to me, church. It has to be found in Christ. Even my wife said to me this morning, we were talking about some of the things that we're going through in our lives and her health and some other things. And she said this, Dan, we're not letting anything take our joy from us. We're not going to do it. Our joy is in Christ, not in the circumstances or the relationships. 
that we have. All right, now, now we're going to review just a little. Just a little bit of advice for singles. We'll come back to that in a couple weeks. We went through this whole session on courtship. And I think I need to repeat some of this before we get into the engagement thing here tonight. But when a couple pairs off in a courting relationship, they know that they are seriously considering getting married. Okay? That's the big difference between dating and between courting. They've taken this very seriously. Also, there's some preparation before someone enters into a courting relationship. First of all, we saw that they have to be what? They have to be old enough. Then they need to be... You can be old enough, but not mature enough. They need to be spiritually minded enough. That focus in their life needs to be on the Lord Jesus. They need to be under parental authority. All right? We also talked about getting the permission of your pastor, going to him as your shepherd, and getting his approval on the courtship. And then we see that you have to be working towards becoming financially stable enough that you can provide for a family. So old enough, mature enough, spiritually minded enough, under authority, and then financially stable. When those things are in order, then with the approval of the parents, you can enter into a courting relationship. What about dating? What is the difference? Remember, a courting couple are looking, they're looking to marriage. A dating couple link themselves together in a romantic way. They know that marriage may be possible, but it's, I mean, it's way out there somewhere. They're not even, I mean, that's really not even in their mind. They've just come together in order to enjoy each other's company. So really, when you stop and think about this, dating is nothing more than self-gratification. Are you with me? Courting, you're looking to the future, you're looking to marriage, you're seeking the Lord, you're under authority, you're working to that goal. But dating is just enjoying the companionship of a young man or a young lady. Self-gratification. In most dating relationships, I can't say all, but in most dating relationships, what is the attraction? Is it physical or is it spiritual? How many would say physical? Okay, got most of you to agree with me there. It is. Now, in a courtship relationship, the focus is more on the spiritual. And we'll see that here in just a minute. But the physical. The Bible says favor is what? One of those young men or young ladies that are highly favored by others. You know, the popular ones. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is what? Beauty is vain. I was going to put a picture up here. How many remember um, Mary Tyler Moore? The Dick Van Dyke Show? Okay. Attractive young lady, right? Okay. Has anyone seen a... She's now just recently passed away. But anyone see a picture of her when she was in her 60s? It was unbelievable. Here's this very, very attractive young lady. And here she is in her 60s. I mean, you talk about, wow. Beauty is vain. Young people, I know you can't get this, but it is. 
It fades and it fades quickly. Just look around this room. I'm not being mean. I'm being honest. Why do people think I'm mean when I'm just being honest? Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that what? Feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. So what should our attraction be? Not to the physical. It should be to the spiritual. What do you think that young man's attracted to? What does his eyes tell you? Is he attracted to the spiritual or the physical? Well, obvious. Listen to what God's word says. For the commandment, in the context, talking about the commandment of the Father. For the commandment of the Father is a lamp. The law of the mother is the light. The reproofs of instructions, which would be the Bible, are the way of life. So what are we saying there? Listen to dad, listen to mom, listen to the... Listen to the Bible. To keep thee from the evil woman or evil man. That flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. And then I highlighted this. Let's read it together. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart. It's not where your attraction should be. Neither let her take thee with her eyelids Solomon says he goes on for by means of a whorish the whore by the means of a whorish woman that'd be just the opposite of what Paul said was the holy woman who knows how to possess her body and spirit for by the means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread he'll spend everything how many young men do you know that just, they were in a dating relationship, they were attracted to the physical, they spent all kinds of money on that girl, and then she dumped them. And he goes, so stupid! How do they do that? <laughs> and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire? We're talking about immorality here. Can a man take fire, the fire of immorality, into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? What's the answer? No. So don't be attracted to the physical. If you're going to be attracted to anything in a young man and a young lady. Be attracted to the spiritual qualities. Remember the list? that I gave you last, the last week was Bible school the week before. I want to show you this uh, progression of immorality. Boy, do we ever see this in our country. I think Sunday I'm going to talk about, got the 4th of July coming up, then I'm going to preach on our country again. I've done that a few times, right? And there's some good things happening right now. There's some good things happening. The liberal left are going ballistic. I love it. They're blowing gaskets. Especially with the resignation of another Supreme Court justice. And the possibility that Roe versus Wade could be overturned. 
So there's some good things happening. But I want to tell you something. Morally, we are in bad shape. Where does it all begin? It all begins with lust. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart. This is an intense desire, especially a sexual desire, a longing after. Lust that is not brought under control turns into defrauding. Defraud not one another. It means to deprive of rights, to rob, to steal, to cheat, or to defile. If you take away someone's virginity, you have stolen from them something they can never get back again. Never have to give to the one that one day they will marry. Listen, this is a serious thing. This sexual immorality is so serious. So you have lust, you have defrauding. Then you enter into a level on the thermometer of concupiscence. I don't use that word anymore, but it means a a stronger than normal desire for sexual fulfillment. Boy, is there a lot of concupiscence going on in the world? Lust, defrauding, next level, concupiscence. Then we have, after concupiscence, we have lasciviousness. See, a lot of times we read these words in the Bible, but we don't take time to see what they really mean. This means the absence of sexual restraint. Look at all the men that are in prison today because of sexual crimes. You hear about it all the time, don't you? Lose their sexual restraint. Indecency. Expression of lewdness, vile, wicked, base. What was the first? Lust. What was the second? Defrauding. What was the next? Concupiscence. Fourth? Lasciviousness. Then we keep going up to a level that we're at right now as a culture, and that's reprobation. Not stand the test. Rejected a mind which God cannot approve is the rejection of God in one's mind resulting in the perversion of one's moral sense. This is directly associated with sodomy. Romans chapter 1. The acceptance of sodomy. Young men, young ladies, seek first the kingdom of God. Look for a young man or a young lady that's doing this. Set your affections on things, what? Above. Notice a young man or a young woman that's doing this. And if that's where your attraction goes, that's a good thing. Amen? can tell I'm not going to get through this lesson tonight. Hard to believe. It's never happened before. All right. I'm going to talk about developing spiritual oneness. 
course, God needs to be the center of our lives. He needs to be where our heart is. We love him with all of our what? Heart, soul, and mind. Over on this side, we have the man. His responsibility is to take the spiritual leadership in the courting relationship and in the engagement period. It's not up to the young lady to take the lead. It's up to the young man to take the lead. But here's the thing. Many times it's the young lady who's taking the lead. It shouldn't be that way. Then we come over here to the young lady. She is responsible for being the spiritual example and challenging him. He's taking the lead. She's being a good example to him. And she's challenging him and encouraging him in his leadership role. As each one comes closer to the Lord, they also will come closer to each other. I used to have a poster when Shelley and I were dating, and the poster, I had it in my room, and it said, the closer we are to the Lord, the closer we will be to each other. A spiritual oneness in the dating and the courting relationship will happen as both of them get as close to the Lord as they can in their own personal life. Okay? So that's where we're going. How close to the Lord can I get? Can that young man help me? Can that young lady help me? Encourage me in this. As each one develops their spiritual responsibilities and opportunities, remember, they're single, they're looking for all these opportunities to serve the Lord with their time. A deepening fellowship exists and a greater ability to communicate on a spiritual level with one another begins to develop. Why? Because that's where their focus is. Their focus is on the Lord. And if their focus is on the Lord, what are they going to be talking about? going to be talking about the things of the Lord. They're going to be talking about what the Lord's doing in their life. They're going to be talking about the opportunities that the Lord has given them to serve. How is spiritual oneness destroyed? See, one of the reasons we have so many problems in marriage is we don't do it right. One of the things I encourage young couples to do that may be having problems in their marriage, go back and confess to the Lord, I didn't do it right. Spiritual oneness is destroyed when the physical enters into the picture. When physical intimacy is developed, a cloud of guilt. That is, if you're a Christian, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, he's going to convict you over what you've just done. Yes or no? A cloud of guilt, and that results in each one... Losing that ability to have that spiritual oneness. It can't happen when that guilt is there. So that's why it's so important to remain morally pure until marriage. When the purpose of courtship and engagement is not focused on helping and encouraging the other person spiritually, but rather on a level of physical involvement, a sense of guilt develops and a growing awareness that their desires are contrary to God's. They're just they're focused on the flesh. This destroys communication between them, and that spiritual oneness is lost. And listen, you want to have a successful marriage, you want that spiritual oneness to be there as you go into it. 
Satan's destroying everything, isn't he? He is the destroyer. So he seeks to destroy young people in their dating and in their engagement with the physical instead of the spiritual. This produces emotional and sexual involvement along with that guilt that we talked about. Spiritual development is therefore put off until after they get married, if ever. Young people, listen to me here tonight. Don't compromise. Do not compromise your faith. Stand firm in what you believe. Not too long ago, I was talking to a pastor, and he was real concerned about uh, a young person who said, you know, I once used to think that sex outside of marriage was wrong, but you know what? I don't believe that anymore. Now, I doubt very seriously if many of our young people would say that. But in your heart, if you believe that, you're going to ruin everything. All the warnings that I'm giving you tonight from God's word will not be heeded. As a man thinketh in his heart, what? He's going to live it out. Here's where all of these, I'll call them rationalizations. They rationalize away their convictions for the sake of embracing compromise. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, as your pastor, I have come to the place, I am just, I hate compromise. I'm sick and tired of it. Uh, Mrs. Pabas called me today and She's going to be here for revival coming. Pastor Nono will be here. He confirmed that he's going to be here. Brother Kaufman's going to be here. We're going to have great revival. And so I was talking to her. She was just so, so grieved. She shared with me a young person who has just gotten completely out of church, forsaken the faith, and what nothing to do with the Lord anymore. She told me about her church. I actually know her pastor. He was a little boy. Uh, when I was in college, when I was pastoring a church there in Goodman, Wisconsin, he was just a little boy at that time. He's been pastoring now for several years, a good independent fundamental Baptist church just like ours. She said, we're losing family after family. She said, especially our young couples. She said, we're losing them. They're just going to the contemporary church or they're not going to church at all anymore. You know what? I'm hearing this. I'm telling you. I'm hearing it all over. We are, we are in an age where we are just absolutely selling out our convictions to compromise. It's heartbreaking. So we're going to take this from a perspective of a young lady. Oh, he's... Not a Christian, but he's a really nice guy. Or, he's a better person than most Christians I know. Or, he says he believes in God. 
Another one, well, maybe I can lead him to Christ. He's just, you know, pastor, he's just a little shy about spiritual things. He thinks Christians are too strict. I know Christians that think Christians are too strict. He was offended once when he went to church. Well, who hasn't been? (laughs) Oh, my. After we get married, he promised he'll go to church with us. Really? I don't want to turn him off about the things of the Lord. But pastor, we have so much in common. Well, if you do, that's bad. He says, I'm the only one that he can talk to. I know I should break up, but I don't want to hurt him. Now, how many of you have heard some of these very, very things? First of all, you should have never been in a dating or an according relationship, much less an engagement. How about this one? I told him he had to become a Christian if he wanted to court me, so he accepted Christ. It's all okay now. I'm done. I have to stop. This is the most amazing study right here. We'll come back to it. Is we're going to liken the Jewish wedding as unto our relationship in Christ. It is beautiful. All right? So we'll come back to that next time. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.